This is episode 000021. Here's the thing. Isocabs sound weird. <laughs> they just do. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to you from the natural habitat of the JHS Emperor Analog Chorus Vibrato, it's the Tone Control. <laughs> Natural haberdashery. Haberdashery. <laughs> they sound weird, goddammit. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you have to bear with me. I think I might be getting sick. <sighs> um, I know. I've had this like weird like sore throat thing all day. Dry cough. Gross. Yeah, so... Ah, la, 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 la. This is the most I've spoken today. Also, <laughs> so, <laughs> not a lot of human interaction today. Yeah. Um, so maybe it sounds worse than it is. Maybe it sounds worse in my head than it is. <laughs> I don't know. Well, the feed coming over Google Hangouts sounds totally normal to me, but you know, that's, that's, uh, not exactly revealing audio yeah. quality. Hey, so speaking of totally normal, um, <laughs> I, I was listening to another podcast uh, not too long ago, and they uh, it's called Hello Internet, and they talked about they like kind of confronted how once they push record, they get like really awkward and uncomfortable with each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, and I was like, I totally perked up, and I was like, I know what that's like. <laughs> oh my god, I do that. <laughs> and they they really just like nailed it. It they were saying basically it's the sense that the whole internet is here with you now. Like we've hit record. And even though this isn't live or anything, yeah. Like people are kind of listening right now. Right. Right. <laughs> like, like we, and, we, um, we want to have it be pretty normal and natural. So we try whenever we can to push record, like almost right when we get on the call. <laughs> and today we pushed record pretty close to when we got on the call and you were yeah. like, Oh, so you ready to go? I'm going to push record. And I had this moment in the, my, my like hair stands up when I went, <gasps> It's time. The internet's here. Yeah, like who's I, at the door? It's the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so even though I'm like trying to fight that and ignore it, yeah, it's still there. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, so anyway, hi everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody, thanks a lot for making me feel weird. I know. I feel like it's it's kind of like that. Sort of like the same feeling when you walk on stage and you're not really playing guitar yet, but you're kind of tuning, and yeah. people are like, "That's the guy that's going to play guitar in a few minutes." Uh-huh. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, 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 shake, shake the butterflies out. <laughs> um, what is new? Um, actually, today I was doing some really boring dialogue editing, uh, which they oh, hadn't from, told from me from before. A podcast or something? Or? Uh, it was. It's for a medical like training seminar. It's even oh. worse than a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but there were some things that they hadn't told me needed to come out yet. So I had to go back in and like re-edit stuff I'd already edited. And so I'm doing this sort of mind numbing thing. Uh, and I suddenly realized what post roll is for in Pro Tools. (laughs) Like I've never, okay. So post roll is when you push play and you have like a selection. So it's going to play from one minute to two minutes. Post roll will let it roll on past that two minutes for a prescribed amount of time. 
I use pre-roll all the time so that when I make an edit and I push play, I can hear what happens before my edit so I can see if it was a good edit. Yeah. And sometimes you make these little crossfades and then Pro Tools will select just the crossfade and it might be only a few milliseconds. Mm -hmm. And if you accidentally <clears throat> just push play then, it'll only play a few milliseconds. <laughs> <laughs> and... Or, or in my case, where I have pre-roll, it plays yeah. the five, you know, the the second pre-roll before, and then stops right when I need to actually hear it. And I went, "Oh crap! This is what post-roll is for." I've been using Pro Tools for like, I don't know, thirteen <laughs> or fourteen years, fifteen years, and I just this is like the first day where I was like, "Oh, I actually want post-roll on." Unbelievable. That's probably super, super uninteresting to almost everybody who listens to this show, but it was really exciting for me today. So that's what that's for. I mean, I know what it's for, but honestly, I'd never turned it on because I was never like, why would I want? Yeah, yeah, why would I want that? <clears throat> Dumb. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Um, just earlier today, I finished the newest, I think newest documentary on Jimi Hendrix that's on Netflix. Oh, yeah. It's called Hear My Train of Coming. The, is, which this, is, is this the one with... Or that's oh, no, a biopic. No, no. That's a biopic. Not a no, documentary. With Andre okay. 3000. Andre no. 3000. That's what I couldn't remember. No, this is a documentary with interviews of ah, you know, you. the people okay. who produced him and recorded him and managed him and his friends and that kind of stuff, family. Um, and like I knew a lot about Jimi Hendrix before this, but now it's like kind of just reinforcing a lot of what I knew. Mm. And it's really interesting. And I think it came out about the same time that that record came out last year. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, people hell and angels it's kind of about basically it's just like 90 minutes and it's the whole early period all the way through to when he died and it's just oh. a really good kind of all-encompassing just great documentary sweet um i definitely suggest you check it out and it's on netflix yeah yeah it's called hear my train to come in um get this I mean, like I knew this and like this is one of those things that like i knew but was just crazy to me when i kind of relearned it uh, Jimi Hendrix, like as far as you and I know, and like everybody kind of thinks about the Jimi Hendrix era, kind of started in 1966, and he died in 1970, mm. and like recorded all of that music and was in all of those bands. Yeah, in that span of time, that's pretty wild. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Are You Experienced came out in like May of '66 or something, and then Axis Bold as Love came out in '66 also. Like six or seven <laughs> months later. <laughs> Nobody yeah. does that anymore. Huh. Well, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's like just totally um, mind blowing. And then realize that he died like at my age now. It's uh, <laughs> kind of like, wow. oh, what have I done lately? <laughs> <laughs> well, we can try to do an okay podcast, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah, how about first, though, we say that this episode of the Tone Control is brought to you by Pedal Genie. Let's go to pedalgenie.com slash tone control and sign up for just a buck. Freaking do it. Do it right now. Yeah. Well, now it's news time. Bum, bum, bum. Hey, you got the first one. I do. So, uh, new from JHS, the Emperor Analog Chorus Vibrato. Ooh. This is, uh, I think, I don't know if it's exclusive to Chicago Music Exchange, but they uh, kind of launched it with them. And this is a, it's a chorus vibrato in like a, uh, 
like a double wide enclosure, basically kind of like trying to think of something that's similar. Their double wide isn't that big though. It looks like it's it's a a total normal pedal size. Yeah. It it looks like it's kind of the size of um, like those Empress pedals with the two foot switches. Yeah. Uh, So it's got uh, an on off switch, tap tempo switch and an expression input along with in and outputs. And then the output has a, uh, a stereo out via TRS splitter cable. So that's neat. Uh, in this, this is super special, I guess. So it's got a 3207 Bucket Brigade chip, which allows for sounds such as the Boss VB2, CE2, Ibanez CS9, uh, Arion SCH1, and lots of other really famous kind of uh, early era chorus and vibrato pedals Wow, that have since become very rare and hard to find. So that's kind of neat. It's got like the kind of current generation of that chip that those pedals used. Mm-hmm. Four knobs, uh, volume, tone, depth, and speed, and then two mini toggle switches, one to go from chorus to vibrato, so you can kind of run the pedal in one mode or the other, mm-hmm. um, and then a waveform selector, which has three options. So it's got uh, square wave. Uh, i got to actually look at this thing to remember <laughs> they, they exactly look, what it is. It looks it like sine wave, square wave, and triangle. According right. to the so graphics. Like, so in the down, both switches in the down position, like vibrato and triangle wave uh, are designed to be together. Oh. And then chorus and sine wave are designed to be together, but you can mix and match them. And there's also a square wave in there. So you can set your chorus or vibrato on a square wave, mm. which sounds totally thumpy and fucking weird. wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can have like the, the quote unquote vibrato wave be paired to the chorus and the chorus wave paired to the vibrato. Uh-huh. So it's kind of cool. It sounds totally different. It doesn't sound like anything like I wouldn't say that's a chorus with a square wave. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's totally weird. So a pedal like this with a tone knob, um, that's what's sticking out to me. Um, so is it just like a tone circuit on a guitar? Like it's kind of a... I believe so. I think it's just a darker on the left, brighter on the right. And it's your thing. whole... Seg- so, hmm, hmm. Yeah. I guess maybe on a chorus, you, you might want a slightly different tone than your unchorused signal. Yeah, a lot of times, because like chorus, you, you people put that on clean tones, and you want it to be this like really sparkly, crispy kind of sound. Yeah. So you might crank the tone a little bit. That Keeley pedal, would it, would chorus it add I had, tone, had a, though? Because I mean, I guess if it's a regular tone circuit. Oh, you mean like, is it wide it, open? Really, and if reduce? it's wide open, your signal's just normal. Uh, that's a I good question. Think. So I wonder. I wonder what it would be like to the to, tone control <laughs> to roll the a tone variation. control down <laughs> on a on a chorus pedal uh, as a variation of the original SCH one tone stack uh, with several adjustments that give you a better sweep, focus, and range. I've just so. noticed that they capitalized the T in tone in the tone control here in their and, paragraph. And I'm choosing volume and speed oh, and tap tempo. Well, I was choosing to <laughs> interpret that as an homage to us. Mm-hmm. But you just kind of ruined it. Well, maybe there's another podcast called <laughs> The Depth Control. <laughs> oh, please. Please let there be. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so, yeah. And uh, let's see. True or buffered bypass, you can turn that on or off via an internal dip switch. Okay. Stereo out for TRS, like I said. And it's 300 bucks in classic. JHS yeah, form. I was gonna say JHS for one thing, the buffer in it is probably super nice knowing JHS, right? Yep. yep. Um on the other hand, uh they're squarely in their own price range still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you're kind of looking for 
if you're on the hunt for some of those classic uh, chorus or vibrato pedals from yesteryear, mm. but can't, I was going to say can't afford one, but they're probably about this price anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, or can't find one or, I mean, this pedal will do kind of all of those sounds in one. Yeah. This is definitely worth looking at. Um, I've kind of entertained the idea of getting a different chorus off and on. You know, some days I really love mine. Some days I don't. Mm. Um, this is a little out of my league, I think. <laughs> Just like price wise. And I'm not looking for a Boss CE2 or a VB2. Or you're probably not looking for a vibrato either, are you? I really don't like vibrato <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So you can find something more suited to your needs, but <laughs> yeah, like a chorus pedal. <laughs> <laughs> for for example, well that uh, that Keeley Seafoam chorus I had from Pedal Genie recently was a great chorus. Yeah, it was awesome, and it would do a little vibrato. Many choruses will do a little weird vibrato thing, mm-hmm. um, and it had a tone knob on it, and I liked it a lot. But yeah, I mean, this is brand new, so keep an eye out for that. The Emperor Analog Chorus slash Vibrato with tap tempo. Nice. It's like lavender color. Mm-hmm. And there's a penguin on it. Of course. Naturally. That's where the tone is. It's right in the middle. It's on the penguin. Look at that luscious penguin tone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Emperor Penguin Tone. Yeah, yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why they call it that, or that's why they put that there. Yeah, I, don't know. I guess. Wonder they, which came first. Yeah, or they have a guy dedicated to creating graphics and names. He's he's one guy, right? So that he never has a fight. But then later, they just pick one of his setups and pick a circuit to pair it with, and then he's like yeah. really pissed yeah. when the emperor turns out to be a chorus vibrato. He's like, oh, well, instead of yeah, instead of a huge fuzz or something. Yeah, he's yeah. like, what are you doing using my penguin graphics on a chorus? All right. Let's keep it moving. What's the, Enough of that. what's the next item? It's mine. It's the Elixir HD Light Acoustic Guitar Strings. This is one of those things where I'm like, excuse HD? me, HD? <laughs> yes, oh yes. Uh, it's like I, we have this joke with some of the guys in the band. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the iPad version of an app being called HD. HD yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, these strings must be for iPad then. Exactly. Or they're just, Elixir acoustic guitar strings are just the latest uh, in a long, proud history of products to uh, (laughs) use the HD endorsement to mean, I don't know, new or better or something like HD sunglasses and crap Uh, like that. Yeah. I mean, that used to mean something. It doesn't anymore. Uh, So what's going on here is... So they've sort of like redone the tensions and the weights on this string pack so that the treble strings have increased tension to improve articulation. And then that causes the kind of resonance and tension to change for the rest of the guitar too. So they Mm. they feel that, or at least they're advertising, (laughs) that they uh, give like a better articulation and a stronger tone compared to like a normal set. So... Um, so and instead of being like light top heavy bottom, they're kind of in a light sense they're kind of the op- tops. Yeah. They're kind of the opposite of that. Yeah. Right. So, so this this they have here is a the high E is a thirteen. Yeah. Thir- but the low E is only a fifty three. Right. Yep. So so it would be it's it's like a light, but with the top three strings from it, would that count as a heavy? 
I guess. Well, 13, acoustics 17, tend 25. to be heavier anyway. Yeah, so maybe like a um, medium for acoustic. Wow, a 17 B string. Yeah. That's a heavy B string. Well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't tried. I, I, this popped up in my email, and we hardly ever get to talk about acoustic stuff because it's so yeah, much of true. what we're talking about is is uh, electronic accessories or electric guitars or something. So um, I just thought I'd change I think I'd the, the, the news mood. cycle on... Electric stuff is a little more frequent. Yeah. Also. Yeah, sure. But um it says developed with Taylor. Yeah, Taylor they're, guitars. they've got Taylor all over their advertising. So they're yeah. doing some cross marketing here, I guess. Um, yeah, because all Taylor guitars ship with elixirs on them. Yeah. So I mean they, they don't mess around. So I would assume that these are kind of the real deal. Mm. It seems like a good idea. Um because I mean you want that tension on an acoustic. You know, you don't want them to be floppy and buzzy. Acoustic strings are just heavier. I mean, we're really trying to achieve higher tension at the same note because we want to relieve some of the buzzing. You know, on an electric, buzzing isn't nearly as big a deal. True. It's not going to telegraph through the amp. You can hear it if you're not plugged in kind of thing. Um, Or if it gets really bad, then it would screw up your sustain and stuff. But with an acoustic, you don't have any of that to hide behind. So So if you started playing these strings, I mean, would you need a setup? So they've got a, a tension chart here. Oh, so it's it looks like the low A or the A and the low E string are the same tension, but then as you kind of creep up, you know, D, G, B, and E, they get increasingly tighter. Right. And so I, I'm looking at they they have a comparison from like the normal a uh, light set of strings and the acoustic HD light strings. Um, so. The yeah, the light strings have a little more tension, and then the lower strings have about the same, I guess. So total tension on the neck is a is a bit higher. Yeah, right. You're increasing yeah. the overall. So tension I will guitar, say that you'll so. definitely need a setup for this. You will need to tighten wow, the truss like rod to adjust for this. Nine or ten pounds. Yeah. Huh. But I mean, it's it's like 160 total pounds or 170 sure, yeah. total pounds, so that's only, that's less than 10. percent Yeah, but still, I'm it's sure it's a difference. You could probably feel that though. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, maybe I'll try them. I don't know. I I don't know. I like the I like fooling around with different acoustic strings time to time. Yeah, I'm sure my acoustic needs new strings. I should probably right get some of those. I've I've yeah. played both the phosphor bronze and not, and I think I like the phosphor bronze better. <clears throat> yeah. But I don't know why. <laughs> you just, just muted yourself. Yeah, I have a mute button on my mic because I'm coughing. <laughs> Sorry. I could just cough right into the mic. Yeah. This is like Sick Bro Volume 2. <laughs> Let's hope not. Except it's, yeah, except you're not sick. I don't know if I'm sick. Maybe I'm... I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so HD uh, light acoustic... Uh, elixir guitar, acoustic guitar strings. There, I guess these only come in lights, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, otherwise they would be HD heavies or something, right? Which would get that would be a lot of tension. Yeah, perhaps they neck. found that they couldn't make an impactful difference uh, in the heavies. So, I don't know. Maybe it's marketing mumbo jumbo. Maybe we should check. It's it probably out. a little bit of that. Yeah. So anyway, that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> we we talked about it. I've done my due diligence. <laughs> Still need a bell. Oh yeah. 
I'm going to make an Amazon order for some stuff. So, soon. Someday I'm going to be in a weird like antique shop and just see one of those. And You're going to see one of the big like ship strike bells oh. that you got to like slam. That would be Bong. intense. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, hey uh, you know what time it is, everybody. <laughs> Pedal Genie. How cool are these guys, right? So you've heard us talk about this for like the longest time, but in case you're new, welcome. But in case you're new, <laughs> Pedal Genie is like the Netflix for guitar pedals. So uh, basically what you do is you go online and you look at this humongous list of like tons of gear, this humongous ever-growing list of awesome, crazy cool gear. And you say, man, I wish I could try some of this stuff. Man, I wish I could buy or just, you know, A, B, this or that. Well, with Pedal Genie, you can. So what the here's how it works. Like you go on and you create a wish list. I think what do you need? Ten to start? I think 20? so. I think so. Ten. So you, you you add this list, you add all the all your pedals to this list. And you can let me just stop you right there because you can get really carried away as I have mm-hmm. and constantly have about forty to fifty things on your list. They should have an <laughs> add all button, right? <laughs> just suggest that to Tony. <laughs> my wish list 1000 items <laughs> <laughs> yes please <laughs> uh and then what you do is you activate your account and then for just a dollar for the first month they will send you the, any of these pedals on your list for you to try out at home with your guitars with your amps with your other pedals just just like that but when do you Shipping- have to send it back you don't that's the thing <laughs> shipping's <laughs> shipping is included in that price, and there's no late fees. So you can hang on to it. Like, I'm going to hang on to the pedal I have right now for probably a while <laughs> because it's fantastic. Um, so uh, they send you one at a time, but if you sign up for Pedal Genie Pro, you can get three pedals at a time. So the standard Pedal Genie uh, subscription service is $34.95 a month for one pedal at a time, and Pro, three pedals at a time, is only $59.95 a month. That's a humongous deal. So think about that, though. Like, you can get three either totally different pedals and kind of build a little tiny pedal board for two weeks, two months, whatever. You can get three different overdrives and A-B them all. You can just you can send two back, keep one, try some more. It's awesome. And the best news is if you find something that you can't live without, you can keep it. If you contact Pedal Genie, they'll give you a buyout option based on the pedal and the length of your membership. So how cool is that? It's like you, you already cool. have it. You don't have to just like you don't have to send it back and then go to the store or buy it online and wait. You already have it. You're getting a used pedal deal, right? Like so you're getting not yeah. a full price pedal, but yeah. you have it right there. You've been trying it out. So you know if it works, you know you're not like looking on a, a, a reverb.com sale and saying, Boy, I yeah. hope the pots aren't scratchy when it gets here. Um, you know you've got the real thing right in your hand, and you know what you're buying. And you just get to hang on to it, which is, that's really an enticing offer, if you ask me. Super, super good. So they got tons of gear, like I said, from a great list of manufacturers, including, but definitely not limited to, Aguilar, Catalan Bread, Mad Professor, Walrus Audio, Wampler, which was just added, hey, hey, hey. Uh, to name a select few. Have you mentioned so that to, the first month is only a buck? Twice. In fact, <laughs> why don't you mention it again? The first month is only a buck. How could you go wrong? That's like, oh, that's a month. You could, you could get a good amount of pedals in and out in a month, I think. Yeah. 
If you try it out, say, nope, definitely hate it. Send it back. Get another one. Absolutely. It's it's awesome. So go to pedalgenie.com slash tone control where you can see a whole list of everything we've had out or going to have out soon, which is super fun. Mm-hmm. 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 And when you sign up, just tell them you heard about it on Tone Control, and that would be kind of kick-ass. Yeah. I would like you for that. Yeah. And now, uh, after a week of rest... <laughs> Without further ado. an episode of rest, you have a new pedal. I do have a new pedal. Hold on. Hold on. Stand by. I'm going to pick it up. He's picking it up. Everybody hold on a second. I'm reaching down to the... I'm holding on. Okay, I'm back. Can I let go? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I I did have a pedal this this time around. Uh, So, I had the Green Rhino Overdrive Mark II from Way Huge Electronics. And uh, I must say, they got the best names. (laughs) They have some pretty good names. So, um, this is a really great pedal. I I like this more and more the more I play with it. Um, So I I was expecting this to be kind of like like one of the last ones you had, uh, uh, kind of a tube screamer kind of thing. Um, with a little like bit a medium of medium gain overdrive, yeah, thingy. with yeah. a little bit of extra control and yeah. a true bypass, of course. Um, this is really, really nice. Um, it's <laughs> it's really good as a standalone distortion. Hmm. Um, I I found that I could uh, with the drive up, you know, and the volume pretty nominal, I could get a really great distortion tone out of it. With the drive down and the volume cranked, you could drive an amp or another pedal um, really fairly cleanly. It's not 100% clean with the drive all the way down. Um, it does put a little hair on it, but uh, but it's really nice and retains clarity clean pretty up. well. Yeah, you could clean that up with your volume knob, though. <clears throat> yes, right. and it does clean up just just like any like you'd want a, an overdrive to clean up. Um, I actually liked it the best on its own. Um, hmm. I did like putting my compressor in front of it, give it a little more fullness and stuff like that. So basically, it's got your normal like volume drive and tone knobs, like a tube screamer kind of mm-hmm. overdrive. But it's also got a 100 hertz knob. It's like a little mini knob. I don't know if you can see oh, it yeah, right yeah. there. Oh well, yeah, like a trim pot kind of. Yeah, it's it's a minus 12 to plus 12 dB. It's like a shelving EQ at 100 hertz. So basically, this is like the thump and guts of your tone. So cool. you can use this to sculpt out some of that 100 hertz to really get some a tone that cuts through or add some in to really give some serious thump to it. Um, mm. And I. I liked it. I mean, at 12 noon, it's it's a pretty thick, serious bit of distortion. Um, there's also a curve control, which kind of adjusts something about the mids that the tone knob is doing. Um, mm, it was a little okay. tough to figure out. They basically say that it adjusts the corner frequency of your tone controls. That seems to mean <laughs> that it's kind of changing where the tone knob is affecting. So okay. you can kind of make it mid-punchy, or you can turn it the other way. If you turn it uh, all the way clockwise, it kind of ends up more scoopy. Oh, okay, gotcha. You know, um, oh. I liked it about noon. Honestly, it, it, it I liked pushing the mids a little bit, but it has plenty of mids to begin with. So this is something you would tailor to your amp and your guitar more than anything else. Um, I just I just liked this. In fact, I kept having to switch back to my tube drive pedal to 
because I started feeling like, oh my God, this is such an awesome tone. And I was like, I would switch <laughs> like back. You have to AB it with a known awesome yeah, tone. Yeah, like I have this, <laughs> this amazing tube distortion pedal. And so I kept switching back to it and I kind of went, okay. I mean, the, the tube drive is still the king, but it's, the green rhino is really, really nice. Um, it's really <laughs> thick and powerful, but it can also be much more subtle if you needed it to. Uh, it runs on nine volts like you'd expect. There's a little battery door. It's accessible without any screws or anything right in the in oh, the bottom cool, yeah. plastic uh, door there. It has a, a relayed true bypass switch, so silent true bypass switching, which is oh, really nice. No also a feature of the tube drive. <laughs> Whenever possible, I want to not know the price tag on these pedals when I'm trying them out um, because, you know, I don't want oh, that to like... now you're screwed. Yeah. I don't want that to influence my opinion, <laughs> honestly. But So I, I didn't know what this was. I didn't know, for one thing, that Way Huge Electronics is actually a division of Jim Dunlop. Yeah, which Since would have... I think like 90, mid-90s, I think that yeah, happened. That, that would definitely have made me think ahead of time that this was probably not one of the better pedals that I would try out because I would kind of be like, oh, well, that's probably like a cheapy brand kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if this is anything but, um, this pedal is selling on the street for 130 bucks new. Um, Which is a good price for any pedal, I think. It's a good price for any pedal, and I would I would have definitely put this in like the $200 price range if I had to wow. guess without looking at it. I think this is a great, great pedal, and um, if somebody's looking for an overdrive that, that goes from uh, you know a mild boost to thick and chunky on its own all by itself, I think this is a great option. It's It's got a thick metal case. It's still very light. Um which when you have a giant pedal board, you come to appreciate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the a, a plus, a plus all the way around on the way huge green rhino. Nice. I've got I, some, I I've got some that. sound samples and I, the sound samples are recorded with, uh, my compressor on and also my TC flashback delay. Cause I was having so much fun playing it that I decided <laughs> to play with some delays too. So sweet. It's the delay you hear is not coming from the, uh, the way huge pedal. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I want to try that. I want to try some other way huge stuff. Um, when George trips started this company, like in the, I think late eighties or early nineties, he, uh, shortly thereafter, uh, stopped and went to work for line six. Mm. And then, so you can find some old production way huge pedals that are kind of rare. Oh, neat. Um, and sought after for like original, you know, it's an original run kind of thing. Yeah. And then in the 90s, Jim Dunlop picked him up and started not reissuing, but basically just put him back on the scene. And they're just as good as ever. I think they're pretty much only using Dunlop for for basically distribution. Yeah. And they're probably manufactured in the same factory, but that's probably where that stops. Well, I'm probably just being snobby, thinking that's not like an A-plus brand or anything. But Well, I mean, Dunlop owns MXR, too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, I think like MXR is one of those brands that's like, they make some crappy pedals, mm-hmm. but they also make some really awesome classic yeah. killer pedals. It's not, a, it's not a boutique where their entire product line is based around just being awesome and being as good as it can be. It's, it's a major company with a product spectrum. Right, you know? yeah. So. <clears throat> like I have a Phase 90, and I love it. Mm-hmm. So, 
That's yeah. cool, though. I want to try it out. So I had the Strymon Blue Sky. Oh dear! Man. <laughs> look at how pretty this thing is. It's, it's like anodized. It's like this great blue. Oh, I could just look at it all day. It's a reverb pedal. If you're unfamiliar with the Blue Sky, um, it's been out for a while. And if you're asking me, this is like the end of all reverb pedals. <laughs> it it does it all. And I know the Big Sky, the Strymon Big Sky, exists and has way more sounds and way more controls and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's a really complicated thing. And this is Stompbox size, and the, the big sky is a little, you know, bigger. A little bigger. So on the top of this, we've got two switches, a bypass, and a favorite, which is basically a single preset, which is kind of cool. Oh, so yeah. you dial in a tone, and you push and hold, and you've got your favorite setting. Um, so you can screw then, with it and then always return to your favorite setting whenever you want. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Or, or basically treat the unfavorited setting as a second preset and just not touch the knobs. So you got kind of A, B between two sounds, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's got uh, stereo in and out, 9-volt DC operation, you know, the usual. Uh, Five knobs, decay, low damp, pre-delay, high damp, and mix. Oh, so you can even change the damping and tone response of your (laughs) reverb. Mm. So you can really mud it up, which can be fun to get this, like, really swampy, like, kind of doom and gloom sound. Mm. Or you can really brighten it up which is good for kind of like more ambient stuff. It really helps cut through. Uh, and then there's two mini toggles that each have three modes. Um, we've got three types of reverb, plate, room, and spring. Classic. And then each each of those has a normal, a mod, and a shimmer setting. Oh, normal. right. Yeah, so normal, normal. Mod is a really slight and really tasteful chorus in the reverb. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Little movement. It's, it's really, oh, it's great. And then Shimmer, which we talked about kind of a while ago uh, with some, the Mr. Black pedal. I think right? so, yeah. It was the I one with so. like eight names for no reason. <laughs> yeah, Eternal Gold Modified. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Shimmer is, um, that, that was the hardest setting for me to get to sound good all the time. Because hmm. what, what it does is it, it grabs your signal and it basically infinitely increases through the decay, up octaves over and over yeah, and over Yeah, each again. decay is up one octave. Yeah. So you can dial it way back, which is kind of cool. There's like, oh, what's going on in that, that guitar tone yeah. kind of thing? It sounds a little like organy mm-hmm. as it gets way up high. Yeah. Um, but then with it pretty forward in the mix or with a long decay, it's tricky to get to sound good because it starts to clash with what you're playing next. Yeah. You can go 100% wet on this, Ooh. which is fun. And the pre-delay. Which which you could use like an ABY pedal to do the two amp thing Yeah, with this pedal. Like you could put this pedal and have it be doing your reverbs into a totally separate amp. Oh, man. <laughs> I, which I keep bringing up the two amp thing. Cause into ever two so- because it's stereo. <laughs> oh, two wet amps. We're talking three amps here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've I've been really into that the two amp, like putting your wet time effects on a different amp in a two amp mm-hmm. setup. 
I, I think that might be like the way that um, I occasionally fool around with that, like the effect send out of yeah. my uh, my pedal board. Some of my time effects have stereo out, mm-hmm. and I'll just run it into my other amp that's right next to my. Now that you have them both at home, yeah, yeah, but it's still like it's once you go back to kind of to playing mono, it's like oh, yeah, <laughs> there's just something yeah. not here. I just something about time effects always. Um, it it wasn't ever anything that I wanted to like leave on a lot when I was playing out when I was playing in bands like it was something that I always felt like kind of muddied my tone in a way that I didn't like like I had my distortion dialed yeah. in <clears throat> so well that I didn't want anything to screw with it and I feel like if I could put my time effects on a separate amp that would bring the clarity yeah. that I needed to use them and like them especially in a live scenario yeah in like local bands like every room is very very different. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to kind of sculpt that around every time. Sure. So anyway, this this thing rules. Um, like the long and short of it is, if you're looking for a reverb pedal and you haven't considered the Blue Sky, you need a smack in the head because this is <laughs> and, the best. And you need like five hundred dollars. Three hundred. Oh, that's <laughs> a lot cheaper than I, it must have been the Big Sky that we were the talking about. The Big Sky about. is like I think four fifty. Yeah. But it can do everything. It's got MIDI control as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the the pre delay is fun because that basically delays your input signal from being reverberated. Yep. Um, you cannot play off of it like a delay, so it, it's not not really like a pre delays are very short. Well, the the idea of that is with delay with a pre delay on a reverb, I can make something have sort of a wet reverby sound, but have yeah. it still seem close to the listener. If you think about it, like the way your brain is hearing it, it's hearing the direct source and then delayed by a few milliseconds, it's hearing the reflections off the back wall. So it feels it makes, like you're in a big the quote unquote room sound feel bigger. The, yeah. the room feels big, but the, but the sound source is still close to you. So it's hitting yeah. your ear much sooner than the reverb is. So. And that's, that's what you can do with this. Exactly. Um, this will at maximum decay will, will go on nearly infinitely. Which is super fun. Wow. Because like once you start playing like clean, light, like finger picky stuff on a really long decay, there is no coming back from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I liked it most uh, in two ways. In the room setting with a pretty high decay, about 50-50 in the mix on the mod setting. Mm-hmm. Short pre-delay. Uh, low damp and high damp equal kind of at about 2 o'clock. Three, uh, yeah, 2 o'clock. Cool. The other one was spring mode normal set to a very believable, like super believable decay, really realistic sound. Um, this uh, I put it on top of my amp, not on my pedal board or anything, so I could mess with it a little more easily. Mm. And it occurred to me like this is a pedal that I would probably leave on the top of my amp because mm. if I'm going to use the spring mode most of the time, I'm going to just kind of leave it there and leave it on. Yeah, and just reach you know, down and tweak put, it now and then. Put in the effects loop, whatever. Actually, what you can do, I think with the other input, or yeah, it must be the other input, you can run a remote switch to toggle the favorite setting. So you can oh. have like a single stomp switch on your board that'll toggle your favorite mode. So you could just leave it in a spring setting, tap the favorite and get this like really big cavernous reverb. Mm-hmm. And then tap it back want. off. Yeah, and basically, you know, keep this pedal on your amp or in the rack or out of the, off your board. Yeah, it's the best. It's so cool. Awesome. Built like a tank. St- 
Strymon Blue Sky Reverberator. It reverberates. It's got those soft touch true bypass. Mm-hmm. Mm. Relayed true bypass, probably, right? I mean, I haven't looked into it, I'm but probably. Assume. Usually, when I feel that soft touch thing, it's because it's running a relay. Otherwise, I mean, when on a reverb pedal, you'd get this nasty click, right? That would echo on into your reverb. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have a buffered bypass option so that the tails will I... ring out? That's a good question. I actually haven't opened it up to look for any dip switches, and I haven't read that anywhere, mm. but it, it very well could. I'm pretty sure the Strymon tape delay has that option, so it wouldn't be too far of a stretch for them to put it in this. Right, right. Yeah, kick-ass pedal. Like I, I, <laughs> If you listen back to old episodes and stuff, I tried a few reverb pedals many episodes ago, and mm. I went into it like, I got a spring tank in my amp. I don't need reverb. Yep. And now I'm like, when can I buy a reverb pedal? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that one with delay mixed in too. That was a particularly good oh, one. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks to Pedal Genie for sending us these really cool pedals that we both really love. Yeah, I I really want to keep this, but but I I gotta I can't fall down again. I gotta send it back so I have another one know, for next episode. I, <laughs> that's that's the trouble. Yeah, I, I do want to keep this, but I also still want to see what I get next. Yeah. Anyway, so go to pedalgenie.com slash tone control and sign up there for only a dollar for the first month and uh, create your wish list today. We thank them for their sponsorship, Pedal Genie. All your pedal wishes granted. Oh man, you said that like you were reading it. I kind of was. <laughs> I was looking around for where the card is on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Pretty cool. Oh, I see. I, this is why I should have taken the pedal genie because now you got to do well, the next story. Just do your thing. Do, do your thing. Oh, you, I'll jump in. Okay. Just jump to right to the end. We'll just, we'll just cut right to the end of the show. So, uh, oh, sh- oh, look at us. We're going to run long. <laughs> <laughs> we totally are. Uh, All right. We- just blow through this one. I'll blow through mine. <laughs> Check it out. Uh, this thing. Yeah. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this. The Beat Buddy. So uh, my dad sent me a link to this on Facebook. Where's my tab? There it is. Uh, earlier today, actually, and, and he kind of said, hey, what do you think of this? And I said, I think I've added it to the show notes because we're recording tonight. So this apparently was a Kickstarter. I guess, Derek, you had uh, you have some remembrance of seeing yeah, it. Yeah, I think I remember seeing this, and I think I remember struggling over whether or not to put it in the show ah, <laughs> back, okay. back when. Um, well, it didn't need our it help. Is. It got thoroughly backed, and according to the the guy here who invented it, uh, ended up being like one of the most successful Kickstarters ever for a huh. guitar accessory. I mean, he is qualifying it guitar accessory, but okay. So this is like a uh, stomp box shaped kind of boss pedal shaped. Well, it is a stomp box. It's a drum machine built like a guitar pedal. And it's got kind of controls that are going to make it friendly to a guitarist that's going to play along with it. So it has its own switch, so you can tap to like throw in a fill as it's playing, and it's going to be counting out the measures. So you could throw in like a two-four fill, or hit it at the end, and he'll do like a full four measure, a four-beat fill kind of thing. You can see what he does in the demo video uh, at the link that we'll have in the show notes. It's got some little navigation controls and an LCD screen. 
um, showing you what's what's going on, like what the part is, what the time signature is. There's a bunch of different drum kits and song styles. Um, you can there are these rotary controllers that have like a little button in them as well as a rotary controller. Uh, so you can use that to adjust the tempo, change the drum set, change the volume. It's got stereo input and output. It's got a foot switch input, which uh, he had a double oh, foot cool. switch plugged into it that he was also using to add accents like claps on a momentary switch. Um, it's got a headphones output with an independent volume control. It's got MIDI sync and huh. it's got an SD card that stores its sounds and a USB port. And it has computer software that it comes with. So you can totally like edit all your drum kits and you could totally put all custom sounds in this thing anyway. So you so, could really, if you really into programming beats, you could probably go to town on this thing. Yeah. Like, and just, I mean, anything you want, totally electronic, crazy sounds, anything. Um, I, I, I mean, I didn't look at like how easy the software is to use, but it, I mean, whatever. I would imagine <laughs> it's easy enough. I mean, yeah, it, it looks kind of like GarageBand. Yeah, 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 it has that, that sort of layout, layout, kind of a drag yeah. and drop kind of feel to it. So you can build your drum kits and just that's cool. I mean, and like, it looks like on the screen, it'll count, it'll like dim a section and then count through the four bars of a beat. Yeah, it it has a stripe. Didn't didn't it, I'm trying to remember the video. Like, it has sort of a stripe that moves across the screen, so visually you can see where yeah. it is in its measure. And it'll say like playing part two of three. Yeah. I'm looking at their website. So it'll now. alternate through the different parts. So you can kind of set your songs up to have like a chorus or whatever. Yeah. So you could do real A section, B section, bridge. You it's, know. Um, boy, it looks like a really great idea. And for somebody who's trying to play by themselves, like the guy in the video says, like it sucks to play by yourself. You know, you can have a, uh, you know, a simple drum machine that's just playing a 4-4 beat is going to be pretty stupid, but this thing will play along with you and you can cue it to throw in fills and extras um, and program it with new sounds and new patterns. Yeah, and, and like you said, you it looks like you tap, like just a simple on-off function to add the fill, but then you push and hold to like transition to the next, mm-hmm. you know, the B section. Or Yeah, it's got pretty intuitive, I mean, not, comp- not overly complicated controls, um, this guy, the inventor has a little demo video, uh, explaining about it and how to use it and showing it off a little bit. Um, his guitar tone is unbelievably bad in this demo video. <laughs> it is I couldn't, very horrible. Oh my God. I mean, he kind of starts with a clean tone. That's like, whatever, that's fine. And then he turns on a distortion and it gets like super quiet and thin and weird. It's like, I cannot believe yeah, they put I mean, that in the video because it's a really well-produced video besides that, but they just had no thought to like, let's make the distortion oh yeah, and, sound and good. And he's playing on a Les Paul custom. Like, <laughs> Well, sure. So anyway, so this is, the, is... One of the greatest guitars in the world. Yeah. It sounds like butt. <laughs> so this is uh, uh, pre-order Beat Buddy for only $249. Uh, apparently it's going to launch sometime, he just said August 2014. So check this out. On their website though, they're only doing that pre-order deal for two forty nine. Regular retails three forty nine. Yeah, for thirty five hundred units. Right, and, and they've almost all, sold all those. So that must be when they're releasing thirty three seventy two. When they sell the first <laughs> batch of thirty five hundred, they. I wonder if by the time this airs, <laughs> they will be sold out. Thirty three seventy two of thirty five hundred. Well, I'll. I'd say I'll try to hurry up and get the editing done, but I have regular work to do and I usually don't get to this until the weekend. So, <laughs> um, it, it'd be, if, if you want one of these things, jump on that pre-order deal. Um, because the price is going to go up by a hundred bucks any day. That's now. a really good discount. Yeah, it's like, it is cool. 
Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, the Beat Buddy. Beat Buddy. Pretty and sweet. And lastly, oh, another gigantic pedal from Korg. <laughs> What's up, Korg? What up, Korg? It's very clearly in the same enclosure as that other yeah. new vibe thing. The Korg SDD 3000 pedal. <gasps> yeah. Wow. I know. So the STD 3000 was a super famous 80s rack delay mm. of the same name, uh, made famous by The Edge. Of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, it's known for its preamp. I guess kind of like the Echoplex is known for its preamp and mm-hmm. kind of a different take. Um, Korg has faithfully recreated it for the pedal version. And all right, so stick with me here. There are a buttload of controls. <clears throat> Four switches for tap tap tempo slash bank down and bank up A and B. So you've got two presets per bank. Mm-hmm. 80 sounds for two channels over 40 banks, which is, you know, the whole bank up down thing is kind of an interesting way to handle delay presets. A lot of times, like the DL4 and the Flashback X4, you get three in a tap tempo. Mm-hmm. Uh, knobs for input level, delay time, feedback slash regeneration, waveform, modulation slash intensity, frequency, and balance slash effect, which is basically mix or stereo balance. So the, the modulation section has three knobs as a waveform, intensity, and a frequency knob. Right, sorry. That's yeah. yeah, a little less confusing version of that. <laughs> Uh, and then teeny little buttons for fine-tuning the delay time, because there is a little screen on this thing that will give you a millisecond readout Yep. Uh, for fine-tuning your delay times. MIDI control, uh, program time, and switches for input and output attenuators. Wow. Yeah, it's <laughs> And it's a headroom, kinda... it's, got a, it's got an LED meter, uh, like 20 dB up through zero, up to plus 3 dB, so it must be measuring dBU. Uh, wow! It's it's an exact recreation of that classic rack unit, but it's got it's got all those sounds from that unit plus a few new versions that Cork has made for this. The one that I'm kind of most interested in is called Pitch, and what that does is it gives you with expression pedal control, uh, essentially a whammy pedal on the repeats. Oh no, kidding! That is neat. Yep. <laughs> so you can you can program like toe up to be the the Pro Guitar Shop demo had toe up a fifth, toe down, an octave. Huh. And you can kind of go everywhere in between. Super cool. Uh, I'll tell you what I like. I see on the, on this, uh, in the regeneration slash feedback section, there are high and low filters. Yes, which is kind of like that uh, Empress tape echo I had. Yeah. That high and low pass filters, right. which so, was so really useful. Selectable, like the high, the high filter will cut you off at 2 kilohertz, 4 kilohertz, or 8 kilohertz, and then the low will do 125, 250, or 500. So you could narrow the frequency band of your feedback, and um, that's cool. I like that. Yep. It's uh, it's the rack unit. It's, it's basically a, a rack delay in a pedal. So uh, the only downside is, like that Korg New Vibe, it's crazy expensive. <laughs> this thing is 400 bucks. But you know, I'm a firm believer in you get what you pay for, and I think Korg probably, it seems to me with the new vibe and with this thing, they are kind of repositioning themselves, I think, to, you know, instead of just like, oh, they're that company that makes some keyboards and stuff, to like actually making really great high-end guitar gear, mm-hmm. or making it again, basically. 
Is it worth 400 bucks? I have no idea. But it seems like it can do tons of sounds. Yeah. I would definitely check this out if you're looking for a big programmable delay. It does have some sounds for like analog and tape, but just in the same way that like the flashback does. Right, right. Yeah. They're emulations of them, which is probably you're right. fine. It's not a single sound, single delay sound. You can have a few different versions. Mm-hmm. There's a reverse delay, some other stuff. Um, very cool. The Korg SDD 3000 pedal. I like how it says right on the pedal, pedal. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're, because they're using like the sort yeah. of the the layout and the graphical style, you know, the oh, yeah, style. looks exactly like the rack unit. Yeah, so they it's write, even write got the little the screws that hold it into the rack. <laughs> yeah, it's got right. It's got rack screws. It's got the the bar sort of guarding the knobs from your feet, um, which I, I guess the rack unit probably didn't have guard bars on it, but yeah, it it's got a cool. Ooh. It's got kind of a cool look to it. it looks a little bit eighties. It looks exactly like the rack unit. Yeah. Same color scheme and everything. It's cool. <laughs> anyway, yeah, check that out. All right. That we got through the news we wanted to get through. And you know, we did our we did our little we're recording tonight post, which they everybody used to ignore us and now we've been getting actual replies on this. By the way, we threw I away think we a gotta post it sooner. We we threw away a couple <laughs> of news items because we got these things thrown at us which were better than what we had. Uh, (laughs) at the last second. So we're like, all right, so it's good. I'm not complaining that people actually respond to us, but, uh, we always, we always post it. Like I post it thinking like people are just going to ignore this. Yeah. (laughs) It always happens. And then like we get something, but the show is already full of news. Yeah. We're like, oh shit. So (laughs) like, oh crap, this is going to be a long one. (laughs) Uh, all right. Well, we're not quite over time yet. So let's, uh, let's do it. Let's jump in. So Brian, Brian writes, Friend of the show. Yeah, Brian uh, wants to know about cab miking philosophies. Placement and mic choices, ISO cabs, live mm-hmm. and in the studio. ISO cabs, question mark? Um, this is like a pretty loaded question. Yeah. I think. Um, I'm sure we could talk about this kind of forever. <laughs> well, and he does have a second question, so. <laughs> yeah, I felt, wasn't his second question kind of like, Hey, do some things that aren't just guitars and pedals. Oh, yes. Actually, I can answer that kind okay. of quickly. So uh, he asks, guitars, amps, effects, check. I love hearing about some of the other accessories, like Kickstarters and things. And mm-hmm. and I totally agree because I, I sometimes feel like this is just a show about pedals. Right. And occasionally when we get to talk about a guitar, I'm like, sweet. Yeah. And then we talk about an acoustic or a bass. I'm like, oh, my God, or look could, at our variety. In fact, we're... <laughs> We're so desperate for variety that we included a dumb story about acoustic guitar strings today. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's just like things like pedals come out every day. Yeah. And there's there's constantly new stuff. Kickstarters and, and things like that are a little harder to find. That's the only reason we're not doing it. Um, it's just because they're not hitting me in the face. Yeah. So hit However, us in the face with them. If you're finding this stuff and want us to talk about it, uh, send us some info because I would love to talk about some of these accessories. I, whenever we talk about like things that can make playing guitar or or getting your guitar around stuff or like carrying your guitar, any of that stuff, I'm totally into. Right. All the stuff that people don't really think about when you say you're a guitarist. Yeah. So I mean, he mentions like uh, hardware to mount a microphone on a live-in cab. Yeah, the amp ca- cab in a live-in case and super hardcore uh, touring guitar cases and stuff like that's all awesome 
So it's just like I said, a little harder to find. That's all. Correct. So we're, we're not uh, we're not avoiding it intentionally. So send it our way, please. Tonecontrolshow at gmail.com. Send it in <laughs> or hit us on the Facebook or, or the Twitter oh, or, or everywhere else. Anyway, so back to cab miking. So cab miking. Um, I know I know almost nothing about cab miking, and I feel like I should tell you um, way back. I think before I met you, hmm. and like when I was kind of I bought my big amp and I was buying pedals, I was like. Maybe I should buy a microphone to go with my amp. Like, so when I gig, mm-hmm. I, I can come provided with my whatever. Right. I never did because I was like, I, uh, I looked into it a little bit and realized I was way over my head. Yeah. And I know some people do that still. Uh, it's not uncommon for lots of like touring acts just like, or like uh, Brian's got in his cases to leave the microphone right in there. Yeah. Um, as, as a, in in a like a live sound situation, I would I would love if a band rolled in and was like, here, plug into my mic. Like Brian's got his Sennheiser mounted right inside his cab case. Mm-hmm. It's all ready to go. Um, I know he's got like a placement that's been working. It's you know I mean, I guess it could go wrong. Somebody could be a dummy and buy a stupid mic and put it in the wrong spot and then <clears throat> I mean, I was looking at just buying a fifty seven. Yeah. Because that's what I had seen in photos and music videos and whatever. Yeah, so it's like... And I, I didn't know what it sounded like, and I didn't really... I was like, that's a guitar amp mic. Yeah, Done. the SM57, <laughs> right? It's like, it, that's the this guitar mic that you think of. It's like always on a cabinet and everything. So the question is, like, is that really good enough? Is that really, like, you know, mm-hmm. among the best or the best microphone for most guitar situations? Or is there probably just a really popular I, I think, microphone, you know, that everybody's using? Well, I, yeah, I think in live situations, it's different. Like we've kind of mentioned, the 57 and 58 are just basically bulletproof, which is why mm-hmm. they are still everywhere. But when we were in the studio, you didn't touch my amp with a 57. Um, <laughs> I do sometimes. I think I used other, th- I think we played around with some different ones cause we were really getting dialed in. The, the answer I was going to say to answer my own question is <laughs> yes, the 57 is a great guitar mic. And if you can't get the, if you can't get a good guitar sound out of your 57, the problem is you, not the 57 or the guitar. Um, because it's, it's fine. There are also lots of other mics that are fine. Those Sennheisers, um, the flat yeah. front, the, the 609s and the 906. And I think there's a couple of other versions of it, but they're all you know, similar. It's, it's, that's an interesting mic cause it's a side address dynamic. So you can get it really in close, squeeze it in, um, next to the speaker. Um, Sennheiser MD 421s are popular. Um, we use those quite a bit too. They, these all have, you know, kind of different sounds to them. Um, I also sometimes use condensers, usually further away. Usually the condenser is like a thing where you're kind of um, putting it a few feet back and getting some room sound along with it. So that'd be mm-hmm. a guitar tone that you wanted a little bit of room sound in with. Let's see. There's a, a hundred ways to do it. Ribbon ribbon mics are very popular for guitar amps. If I, I might not be remembering correctly, but I believe we used your ribbon mics, obviously. Yeah. And um, the one of the Sennheisers. Yeah, right? on that Forging Reverie album, we your guitar had... The Sennheiser 609 and the Cascade Fathead 2 ribbon mic. Right. So one in each speaker. And I kind of played with them painstakingly until they were exactly phase aligned um, (laughs) because they were both up close. And we blended those two sounds. Um, 
and on mine my Fender amp into your Marshall speakers. That's right. So on <laughs> on and on my guitar on that same record we did the ribbon mic as well, but a uh, fifty seven SM fifty seven instead of the Sennheiser. Mm. I've seen people also doing this thing where they mic the back of an open back cab. I've seen that to mix in. Um, it seems to be mostly like metal guys that are doing that, I think. Um, and I don't know. I, I kind of wish, I know I kind of wish Kevin Billingsley was on the show with us again. I could be like, Kevin, what's your, because he does a <laughs> lot more, with that? he does yeah. a lot more um, like really heavy guitar work, uh, like mm-hmm. really heavily distorted, like super gained guitar distortion um, than I do. But uh, I mean, I've talked to him a bit off air, and I really don't think he mics the back of cabs. I don't get that. What is that? I mean, you gotta you gotta screw with it. You gotta screw with its position to get it exactly opposite phase of the front mic, because of course you're not gonna get it in yeah. phase of the front mic. So you gotta get it opposite, and then flip the fa- the uh, excuse me, flip the polarity on the microphone. So hmm. it's just this weird thing. Like I've never felt like it added anything to the tone. Um, Maybe they're doing it, maybe they're band passing it and mixing it in just slightly with the front mic to get this extra thump or something, but geez, plenty of thump comes out of the front of a guitar speaker. I don't know what the issue is. I mean, nobody listens to the back of a guitar speaker when you're just playing. <laughs> I so. mean, maybe it's just, maybe it's something as simple as like open back cabs, like a lot of sound escapes out of the back. Yeah, but and, it, it bounces off the walls and comes back to you. Yeah. Like, like if I wanted the sound of an open back cab, I would use a far mic instead of a close mic, or some of both. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, I know I can get good high gain distortion sounds with something like a fifty seven up close, a dynamic up close, and a condenser further away, and blending right. those two, or even put the condenser up close, make them phase aligned, and blend the two that way. You know, the condenser is going to get more top end um, and the dynamics going to get more punchy kind of mid rangey stuff. So you can blend them and, and get the tone you want. Um, of course, live, you don't do any far miking. you know, you're just trying to get it yeah. in there close and get the, get rid of the feedback. Dynamics are probably fine. Ribbons are figure eight patterns. So they hear from the back and the front of the mic, which makes them a little bit of a funny choice on stage. On the other hand, the guitar that the guitar speaker that they're right next to is so much louder than anything that's coming back at them from yeah. the other side that it's probably not that much of a problem um, if you really wanted to use a ribbon. And I know like some some big acts do you know things like use ribbons and condensers on stage. So who knows? Mm. Uh, he also asks about ISO cabs. Um, the last time I was in the studio, we were experimenting with an ISO cab only out of we need to be quiet because yeah. of the neighbors. Um, and I remember thinking, Hey, this works pretty well. Like I was monitoring through headphones and it had some serious balls to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember you Um, guys sent me those tracks and I kind of felt like they were a little dull. Um, but I think that was kind of like, you guys weren't, I don't think you guys were comparing anything at the time. Well, we, we couldn't compare an amp in the room right? because like it was just, we were just below the roof off the place. Yeah. So it probably was just that the amp was set with a little less high end, maybe a little more bass than you'd probably want. Could have been. Yeah. It's also, yeah, it's hard to monitor Mm -hmm. correctly in that case through headphones. Yeah. Um, I've seen uh, some rig rundowns. I think it's like, I forget the name, what band it was. Um, Some super high gain act you know, like periphery or some, somebody along those Mm -hmm. lines, animals as leaders, maybe, um, running like something like an Axe FX two, 
or some super blown out high gain head uh, into an ISO cab that's backstage and there's a mic in it and it's just always in its road case and there's a speaker and there's a mic and it's just never moves. And then that goes to front of house. And they have like stacks that aren't playing anything on stage. Oh, I, I don't remember that, but <laughs> <laughs> empty guitar, like spe- empty guitar, empty cabs, cabs yeah, for the look. Yeah, but everybody does that. It's, <laughs> it's, it's fun. Either that, actually, I saw, I saw Aerosmith once, and they didn't have any amps on stage, hmm. which was kind of interesting. That's it was balls. all behind yeah. the curtain. It was very open and looked cool. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Um, I, they don't they don't use ISO cabs, but. Uh, I always kind of feel like my guitar sounds better when I can stand right in front of my amp and let it kind of push and pull. And you're, yeah, well, of course you're going to think that. And the and the singer wants more of themselves in the monitor too. So no, it's not that like I want my guitar louder. <laughs> I'm just saying like I feel yeah. like I get more complex kind of uh, tones. And I I like the way guitar speakers sound in a room. You know, you put yeah. them in an ISO cab. Um, the the best ISO cab in the world is just going to be struggling desperately to sound as much like a room as possible. Um, and because they're necessarily small, it's just, there's going to be a lot of like sound absorbing materials on the inside, trying to knock it down. Like they basically want the speaker to have some sound right in front of it. And then it all to get absorbed right behind the microphone. So at the very like most ideal situation, you would have just like a direct speaker sound with no reflections or interactions of the room at all. And I think like the the thing that I the video I saw, whoever that was, that was what they were after. Mm-hmm. And they're going for that really tight response. Well, sound. and and they probably they were talking about a stage rig too. They they didn't yeah. want it to be different from stage to stage too. Like exactly, if they get yeah. it sounding good to them and dial that in, like. ISO cabs. All right, here's the thing. ISO cabs sound weird. I'm gonna stop <laughs> stop dancing around this topic. They sound weird um, because they're they're trying to absorb all this sound. You can't fully absorb all that. Like it's gonna sound like a little boxier and weird. Some of them are better than others. I've seen some homemade designs, and there are some that are a product that you can buy. Um, I don't know. It if if you need them for recording in a situation where you can't be loud. That's the only way to do it. So get used to it, and you know, hopefully, you can adjust your amps controls so that it still sounds pretty good through the ISO cab. But really, you don't want to be using that. You want to be using your good cab in a room, you know, where you can. You're yeah. still close miking. I mean, you're not really listening to the room, um, but you can. I'm sure there's many schools real. of thought on this. I mean, I, yeah, ISO I, cabs I are a solution to a problem. It's not like if you could get the it's best guitar technique. It's not yeah. a way to get the best guitar sound. It's the way to get a guitar sound when you have these restrictions. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like a live setting or yeah. an apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. In our case, we were taking uh, a Fender Deluxe and which is like, I don't know, 40 Watts, 20, something like that. Um, but you know, it allowed us to really crank the amp yeah. loud, like real loud and kind of mic it up in a way that like was good enough mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's it, but it was like you said, way too hard to tell because we didn't really have an ideal yeah. environment to compare. I don't think there's ever a reason where if you have, if you have a situation where you can make noise, there's no reason to ever use an ISO cab. It's not like it's ever going to sound better than, I mean, I am, I keep saying a real guitar speaker. I mean, a guitar, real guitar cab. Yeah, a, a guitar, yeah. you know, a guitar cab that you have that you actually 
picked out for its sound. Like that that's what it's about. So anyway, yeah. that's the last yeah. word on isocabs. <laughs> they sound weird. They sound weird, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> oh boy. All right, let's wrap this shindig up. If you want to override all of our news items next episode, send us your own news items on, uh, send them to our email, tonecontrolshow at gmail.com and go to tonecontrolshow.com to, I mean, who knows? That's a good place to go because there uh, you can ask us a question and you can submit a photo of your rig. Which I want to do. I want people to be doing oh, that. Oh, rig so, photos. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. do it. So be sharing your shit. And hey, Brian, you keep talking about sharing videos of the Palisades, <laughs> the JC120 head, the new rig. Let's see it already. <laughs> <laughs> He's a rig tease. Oh, man. If he, posts, he sends us a photo of some sweet piece of gear, and I'm like, oh, man. Yes. Video coming soon. Perfect. <laughs> Months later. Get with it's it. It's still coming soon. It's still oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, stand by. Pro Guitar Shop just uploaded a video. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, it's, no, the Derek, Mo- it's the Moog turn it MF off, Drive. Turn it off. We, were, we already talked about the those. show's ending. Okay. Uh, what else? Uh, Twitter at the Tone Control. Follow it. Hey, yep. we asked for more Twitter followers last show, and hey, Slough gave us a follow Friday. He did. What a guy, um, huh? I, and we did get a few followers. We got a few followers. It was not the torrent of followers that I was hoping for. <laughs> I wasn't completely overwhelmed, I, so let's keep it up, guys. Yeah, let's try to do a little, <laughs> little bit more. Um, and also, uh, don't forget about Facebook. I mean, unless Facebook is starting to lose relevance. But we're on Facebook, so obviously it's not. <laughs> yeah, but we're smart <laughs> enough to have our own site too. We could we could drop yeah. them at any moment, like a bad habit. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm turning off Facebook. <laughs> I'm not really All guys, right. seriously well, get on our Facebook. <laughs> Facebook.com slash the tone control. Hey, and uh, let's give one more shout out to the pedal genie. I'm gonna call them the pedal genie now. The pedal genie at pedalgenie.com. <laughs> And you can slash tone control. Yeah, go to pedalgenie.com slash tone control to learn more about our lovely sponsors. Hey, uh, that was fun. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. We have been so on schedule lately. Uh, it's, it's great. It's good. It feels good. It feels good to be it's on like schedule. We, we don't even have to talk about, oh, are you free? Are we doing an episode today? Like, yeah. Well, we do a little bit, but like, it's just <laughs> happening. We just know. It's we just how know it's going to be. Do it. It's Tuesday. Yeah, we record on Tuesdays. We've just put ourselves like in in real space and time for a lot of people. I think yeah. like at the top of the show, I mentioned I'm the age Jimi Hendrix was when he died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I gave away Tuesday. that we record on Tuesday. And for some reason, the yeah, show usually um, doesn't come out till Sunday, which is my fault. <laughs> yeah. I have work to do. Um, yeah, we got real jobs, you know? Yeah. Um, so somehow someone's going to be able to triangulate where I live from that information. <laughs> Haven't we talked about where you live? Maybe. Generally. Know. We talked about, in, like, we know what hemisphere you're in. I live in New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's, that's if you take the, the N, E, space, and then you move the W in front of H. New Hampshire. I know you're trying to paint me a word picture right here, but I'm not hearing it. <laughs> that is super I'm gonna, confusing. I'm going to name the episode New Hampshire. New Hampshire? Oh, boy. New Hampshire. <laughs> that's, I mean, where did you get that? Um, I mistyped it at work once, um, <laughs> <laughs> and somebody was like, no, I'm sure. 
All right. We obviously we need to cut this off. Oh, I see it now that you write it down. <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> okay. Uh, Shut up, Ohio. <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah. Very good. We gotta. We gotta go. <laughs> good night, the listener. Bye.